Are you guys ready for this? I hope so. I'm ready. Uh, hi. Hey guys, it's, uh, it's Bill. Uh, Bill Forgetty. Uh, I guess this is kind of a bad time. Hang on. Uh, hang on. <laughs> God damn it. Bill? It's coming out of the wrong hole. <laughs> oh, gosh, every morning. You ready? Hi. It's worse, isn't it? What the fuck? Now we've got our cold open. <laughs> there we go. Here we go. This is technology. I got it now, guys. I'm only 41. I, I know how this works. 36. Here we go. Uh, hi. Hey, guys. It's, uh, it's Bill. Uh, Bill Forgetty. Uh, I guess this is kind of a bad time, but I thought I'd call and say, hey, hey. Django, hey Jeff, hey Hound Dog, hey Bourbon. Uh, I was just calling because I got myself into a little bit of a sticky. I got myself into a jar of a. Well, I got myself into a jar of county county jail, and uh, you know, I was fighting again. I was down at a. The Cougar Bar, saw a guy, looked awfully familiar, I couldn't place his, his name, I went up and I asked him, I said, hey, pal, what's your name? And he said, Dale, thinking, hey, Dale's my dad's name, my dad ran out on me and my mommy when I was a kid, there's probably only one guy named Dill, so I took a beer bottle and hit him over the head with it, and Dill's friends tried to jump me, forgetting that I'm the Yeti, so I whooped on them a little bit, kind of caused a big bar fight, got tased a couple times, you know, shot me right there in the neck with a taser, and that just put me into the Yeti rise, ended up fighting a whole SWAT team, and I remember, had a moment of clarity, that my dad didn't run out on me, he's a mild-mannered pharmacist, bailed me out of every piece of trouble I got in, so... I couldn't call him, so I figured, you guys were always nice fellas, and one of you, I can't remember, so you flipped my mind, uh, one of you guys likes to call himself daddy, and like most daddies I know, they got fat wallets, so if, uh, oh, okay, uh, sorry, if you guys wanted to bail me out, the cops are keep telling me that I only get one of these and I'm past my limit, hey, you guys, can I borrow a quarter? Can I borrow a quarter? I'm trying to talk to my guys about a podcast. They're real famous. Anyway, if one of you daddy guys want to bail me out of jail, that'd be great. Uh, thanks. Bye. Oh my 
<laughs> Welcome to a Perfectly Acceptable Comics Place podcast, episode 74, I believe, where every Tuesday we get a whole wow. bunch of books and we uh, excitedly sort them and then we come back together the next day to talk about them and all of our excited, friendly love fervor. Sometimes we record it on Sunday, which is becoming more and more common. <laughs> so Sunday to all those podcast. people who are expecting a, a podcast up on Monday, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I edited it in California this last time. Um... I'm Jeff, and I am absolutely ecstatic about seeing you three faces. I'm going to let Brayden talk next. I was going to go next. No, we'll go for it. Well, you took my spotlight, so... Django. I'm, I'm Django. God damn it. No, I'm Django. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Brayden, and I'm going second, so you guys have all the time in the world to think of your jokes now. You thinking about them? You got them? I'm ready. All right. I don't have a joke. I'm Django, and I'm a baron. Oh, oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, good. What's your I'm, name, no joke? I'm Roman. I'm a Viscount. Oh, no, you're not. Yes, I would I know am. about this. I know all the barons and Viscounts. <laughs> Duchess. Well, pleased to meet you. Duchess. Visqueen. Visqueen. So today, let's talk about uh, Weapon H by Greg Pack, Corey Smith, Marcus Two, and Maury Hallwell. We'll hit uh, WW, WW what? F? E. Uh, e. WWE uh, by Dennis Hopeless, illustrated by Serge Acuna. Uh, we'll read some Mighty Thor by Jason Aaron and Russell Dowderman. Lucy Dreaming by Max Bemis. Bemis? Bemis. Bemis. I like all three. Bemis. Bemis. Uh, and Michael Dialinus. Batman by Tom King and Michael Jannon. And uh, we'll wrap it all up with some Thanos by Donnie Cates. Something Shaw and something Fabella. Sorry, Shaw and Fabella. Flabella. <laughs> Flabella. Mm. Now he's used to it. <laughs> oh, you guys, we're back. We made we're it. back. You and made more it. Australian than ever. More than all... Oh, gosh. <laughs> Certainly on the moon we are. <laughs> you guys, how... How are you? How was it? This is the <clears throat> second or third Wednesday I've missed in five years. I didn't miss you at all until you left. I and then wanna, I missed you nonstop. I want to make it clear that I started missing you guys about 12.30 the night before I left <laughs> and had an emotional meltdown and didn't think I was going to leave and somehow allowed myself to be carried away and managed to not hate everything without you guys. <laughs> But I was very excited to come back. And gosh darn it, what an environment to be in. When I saw Jeff, when he came back, he came into Moonbase to give me my Saturday break, which is our tradition. Uh-huh. And he walked up, and he was holding a monitor, and he said, you're not going to get away from this hug. Mm-hmm. I did. <clears throat> like like I wasn't going to hug him uh, anyway. I, I do it for you. I, I don't do. hug I, a lot of people, Jeff. I, I, and I don't, just awkward, I don't just approach a hug with you. I make it clear that I'm doing it for me so you're not uncomfortable. So you don't get stabbed again. I got a lot of stab wounds. <laughs> I didn't I, I had gotten to work at Saturday waiting for Braden to show up because I get here an hour earlier than Braden. And uh, and I was sort of pacing around and I was taking a verbal or a visual inventory of the store. Where is everything? What's changed? What's going on? And I, start, I was like, all right, what do I need to do? I need to start working on this order. So I started working on this order. The <clears> customer <throat> came in and I was sort of walking around and I was I was like, I'm back in these pants again. And and it wasn't until I called Django 
and had a conversation with Django that I was like, oh, I'm back at work. Like, it, it was, in, in a good, I mean that in the best way. It, it was, it, it was like, why do I do this? And then I was talking to Django, I was like, oh, right, cool. So like, it's, uh, you know, I mean, as cheesy as it gets, it's the people. It's Demands the people from the here. Baron. Demands from the Baron. I know, I left and you were not a Baron and I came back and you were a Baron. Can we, can we talk for just a second about how much more alliterative it would have been if I could have been a Count? Are you like sure? The Count of Comics. Well, right, like the, the Baron of... You're uh, the Baron Baron Boren. Baron Baron Boren of Boundless Comics. Oh, I hope not. He does have a lot of covers. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. I'm a cover boy. Yeah. Um, did you guys read anything this week? I no. didn't read as much as I would like to because I was on the road and I had planned to stop by a comic shop. Um, shop stop. But then I realized I could just get home at 5.30 on a Thursday morning. And not tell anybody. I texted you. Well, except I, everybody. I told you all that I was. I had gotten my books, but we were pretending like I was still out of town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still intended to go to Moonbase and talk to Django, but then I fell asleep. I was holding my breath for you all night. I was. <laughs> asleep cool. on the There's couch not a lot of air there on the moon. <laughs> yeah, you're good at holding your breath out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Pack. What are you packing this week? Weapon H. He's Weapons. packing adamantium and gamma. Combined in one person? Oh, the 2017 yeah. smash hit is now an ongoing series that I didn't read. Can you guys tell me about how awesome this book was? That's the only word for it, Jeffrey. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this book never, is awesome. You never sounded more earnest in your life, uh, Django. It's like straight up bullshit comic book lunacy from start to finish, and I begrudgingly liked it a lot. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, uh, probably going to read the next issue. Uh, definitely enjoyed this issue, although I did have some issues with it. Some adamantium bones to pick? Yeah, I mean, so it, it basically it follows a, it follows the dude who turns into Wolverine Hulk. Some, uh, it's just a dude. I don't even know. It's a good, like, it's a solid name. like Calvin or Carrie or something like Clay. that? Clay. Clay. Clayface. <clears throat> It doesn't even give us his last name, actually. Well, his family's just a place they probably have it in there. For some reason, I thought it was... Maybe I was just expecting it to be alliterative, so it was like Clay Kua something. Uh, yeah, so it follows Clay Kua something, and he's trying just to keep his head down like you would if you could turn into a Hulk or Vereen. And uh, instead, he gets wrapped up in saving people, and he has to fight Wendigo uh, because of Roxxon, and then uh, it says to be continued. On a Doctor Strange page, and if you're confused by that, so was I, because (laughs) right after that, there are like nine more story pages Mm -hmm. that are essential to the story, I thought. Yeah, there's there's the backup, which they had to include to make up for that extra dollar you're paying for it. Yeah. But the the way they to be continued there was not fluid. Like, I thought it was done, and then it's like, oh, this is another important story that comes completely tied to the rest of it. So wait, who's this guy? Clay. What's he? Why did he get? The He's an ex-military dude that I think was it the military? Oh, because they took the. Did they take this guy and stick him in like an offshoot of Weapon X? Yeah, he was an Eagle Star contractor. Um, Weeks ago, an ex-military Eagle Star contractor named Clay went rogue, murdering his team to save the lives of villagers they'd been hired to eliminate. Yada yada yada. He's Hulkarine now, and I didn't say his last name in the intro. Wow. Maybe it's Castellaneta. Gosh, maybe it's Castle. 
Fucking Play castle. Maybe it's just another version of the Punisher since he's all things now. It's the Punisher wrapped with Wolverine, wrapped with Hulk. and They it's... don't give this guy a Iron Man suit. I'm quitting. Oh, gosh, I hope they do. I can't wait for Iron Hulk Wolverine Patriot. <laughs> man, red no, they should put the... Iron Man Hulk Wolverine. Oh, yes. No, they should put the, the, the iron suit on the Wendigo. So we have an Iron Wendigo versus the Hulk Wolverine. That'd be mm. awesome. Mm-hmm. I'd pay to see that. I, I thought we decided it was Wolverolk. Wolverolk? Oh, yeah. That's easier to say. I love all of this stuff. <laughs> it's just comics. Like, you take you take a bunch of comics and you shuffle them together and you boil them. You take that uh, comic book concentrate, you turn it into paper, sort of, and you got Weapon H. Well, yeah, you got to skim it off the top. You got to yep. take the film off the top. You got to yep. cool that down <laughs> until it's almost like an oily, buttery substance. Yep. Then you spread it on toast and you're eating comics, baby. It's, you're not wrong. No, you're not wrong. I work at a comic shop. <laughs> you spread it on some kind of awesome, thick Yukon toast, sourdough toast with uh, maple syrup because it's set in Canada. Mm-hmm. I assume. Because there's a Wendigo. I, mean, I don't think Wendigos are allowed to. <laughs> yeah, Wendigos Canada. can't cross the border. Right? There's yeah. a wall. We got a Canadian wall now? You guys, I have to derail for just a second. It's a secret wall. So we've been derailed for a we, while, buddy. We were on the road. <laughs> And we were just outside of just outside of Portland, and I was hungry, and we thought we'll hit the next oh, exit. Yeah. And we waited for the next place that looked like there was food restaurants. We pulled off. We're like two hours into Oregon at this point, and there are a lot of restaurants. There's like a big old pizza chain thing, a this thing, a this thing, and we drive by this restaurant that is called Elmer's, and it <laughs> says like local ingredients. Like, family-owned local ingredients. And we were like, what the fuck? That sounds great. Elmer's. So we went in there. We didn't do any drugs. We went in there. (laughs) We ordered all of our food from these gorgeous menus. In this dining room is this giant, like, fireplace and a portrait of an old man, presumably Elmer. You flip over the menu, and there's the same picture with the story of Elmer. We get our food. It is delicious. I got a German pankake, which is just this giant, <laughs> thin, almost crepe-like pankake. Pfannkuchen. What's that? Pfannkuchen. F- yeah, exactly. And it's got lemons and powdered sugar in it, and I <clears throat> eat it all up. Jake and Sean both got Yukon gold French toast. Ooh. Sean finished it, and he said, this is the best French toast I've ever had in my life. <laughs> we walked out of there. We gave a huge tip. Actually, somebody had thrown up in the bathroom. Um, in the garbage can, so that was a mark against Elmer's. Um, but then we left. I have this mi- image in my head of Jake turning around and taking a picture of the restaurant. Like, this is it. We found the restaurant. We're like, man, we're just like in this guy's home, and it, like, he's probably dead now. This is so awesome. His legacy has lived on in this awesome, re- like, just great standalone little restaurant. And... Uh, and we were just like, that man on our way back north, we got to stop here. This is going to be our new thing, Elmer's. And we got like two freeway exits down the freeway, and we saw another sign for <laughs> Elmer's. <laughs> and Jake went, oh, there's an Elmer's sign. And Sean and I were both like, what? No, no. And we're like, oh, it's, yeah, maybe it was so successful. Like after he died, this family expanded to this other location, like two freeway exits down. They just have the two locations. Awesome. There are a fuck ton of Elmer's, you guys. <laughs> there is an Elmer's on every freeway exit for like a 12 to 15 mile stretch. Mm. And 
it became the greatest sense of betrayal we have ever <laughs> known and s- never fucking trust in Elmer because he's going to pretend like this is a family thing, but it is not. Um, yeah, those waiters are they're supposed to notify you if you're in a chain. Exactly. Family owned. My ass. So then we're driving back up. We've spent six days just like cursing the name of Elmer's. Like we're down in California, but still the greatest betrayal we've ever known is that Elmer's is a fucking chain. <laughs> and so then our second to last day, we were like, we need to go to a different Elmer's. So we went to a second Elmer's again. And uh, it was still pretty good. I still got another German punk cocktail. It wasn't as good. But anyway, that's that, that's my story. I like it. Yukon Gold. I like I, it too. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to stay in here, but it was just a story that was really important to me for six <laughs> days of my life that now you guys know about. Did you throw up in the second Elmer's? No one had thrown up in the second Elmer's, but I don't know what was going on, but it was something had happened to the wait staff, and one woman was doing everything. <laughs> Because the man who was working had just gotten new shoes, and they were not non-slip shoes, and he kept slipping and falling. Oh, no. And every time this woman came out, she was super nice, and then she would go back to the area with the computer, which was just a fake wall partitioned off, and you could hear and see her, and she would start yelling and cursing. And at one point, the phone rang, and we all heard her go, Damn it! And it was just this, like, horrible, like, oh, my God, you're so mad. Like, why did Elmer do this to you? Um, anyway. She yes. obviously didn't have her bunkake or whatever. Yeah, the bunkake. Yeah, whatever you said. German bunkake. Where do you get that around Bellingham? Because I really want I one now. International House of Bunkake. Yeah, but, but, like, good, authentic. Like a Dutch, is it a Dutch baby? Sherry's. As authentic as Elmer's. I don't know. Wherever you would get a bunkake, they probably have, it's like a crepe bunkake. Hmm. So anyway, Weapon H. I'm so I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just. I'm it's got so... a Wendigo in it. I love Wendigos. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about Wendigos besides the the people? The the whole I don't know. It's Athabascan or what? But the whole Northern tribe mythology about it. The only thing I didn't like about this one, but it's comics and it's so wild. The guy tastes human flesh and instantly becomes a Wendigo. In oh, the yeah. old Marvel comics, it took like a couple of days, and you're in incredible pain, and it was slowly transformed. Well, well this one, this, this, is, was, this is a super Wendigo. Yeah, yeah wasn't, it, ultra... wasn't it like turned into Wendigo because of something else? It wasn't just the straight standard Wendigo, right? Was it? I don't know. <clears throat> I got the but, feeling that it was something that uh, Roxxon had. Oh, oh, okay, that tricked. maybe Listen, it, maybe if this it is. was just your old pal Wendigo. I don't think our guy Weapon H would have had any trouble snicked in this well, guy true. out of the picture. Yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, my favorite thing about Wendigos is just that horrible... What was that movie? Ravenous. Wasn't that about Wendigos? Oh, the Ravens. Remember that movie? Because I think that's the one involved cannibalism. Anyway, the legend is supposedly you're out in the woods, you're trapped, you're dying, you need to eat, you resort to cannibalism, it's a curse, you become this Wendigo creature, which is a big slathering monster, white monster, shaggy, everything. And then you're stuck that way until somebody... until somebody takes the curse from you until you give it to him through know. a bite or something and you die, but you're cured. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then they're a Wendigo. Yeah, that sounds like a weak-ass cure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you guys catch the homage to the first appearance of Wolverine in there? Oh, yeah. Um, no. <clears throat> right? Oh. Hulkverine versus Wendigo? Oh. Yeah. 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 You get it. He's not wearing yellow. Spandex. What do you guys give it? This sounds like... <laughs> Sounds like we've tapped this thing. I love I these. Think, I think you're right. I love these. I love that page. I love these sound effects. I give it a seven. <laughs> okay. Wow. I think if you are a big old Marvel guy, this could probably hit an eight, eight and a half, nine for you. 
I gave it a seven. Um, it was it was big dumb fun. I thought it could have embraced that a little more. I thought the art could have been a little more interesting in some parts. But art was rough. But yeah, it was it was it was fun. Um, the guy on the expedition who's trying to get them all to eat each other or something says, after the after Weapon H leaves them some meat, he says, "You have no idea who left that meat. It could be poisoned." And I like that line a lot because that's uh, my reaction uh, to when anyone ever gives me food. <laughs> Good to know. Is that why you don't eat the food I leave for you at Moonbase? I had some of those pizza. I didn't eat the whole oh, bag, though. Yeah. There was a bag of pizza? I only ate for the like two and a half once. weeks. Dang. I never what do you give it, Romy? Um, I will also give it a seven animantium studs sticking out of your shoulders and arms. God, and legs. you got to have those studs. Yeah, I don't know what purpose they serve, but they look cool. It's the purpose. It's very metal. And this week, I bet Justin would have given it uh, a 7.5. I think he would have been really entertained by how ridiculous it was. I think he would have liked the Wendigo stuff as much as or more than Roman. Could be, yeah. I I can see that. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I bet out in the wilds of Spokane, he's encountered some Wendigos. You know what has the ferocity of a Wendigo but the beauty of an angel? But MF and Yeti? Don't forget any Bill effing Forgetty. Any number of the four horsewomen of the apocalypse featured in issues 14 and forward of WWE, written by Dennis Hopeless and Serge Acuna. You guys, three of you, including myself, read this <laughs> issue. Um, we are the last issue. We, three of us, including you. You guys are reading this this arc, which is centering on my favorite wrestlers. How, how are you guys feeling about this? This is basically the story of the formation of the women's revolution as it is sort of uh, led by Bailey, my favorite wrestler, the one with the headbands and the t-shirts that I wear. Mm-hmm. I, I'm liking it a lot. I'm finding it very fun and stressful in a relatable way and cool, and I like Bailey. And I want her to succeed, and I want the little girl that she hugs to succeed, and I like Asuka, too, and Asuka's in the backup stories. So Asuka's backup stories have been fantastic. Asuka's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, that little girl that Bailey hugs, I believe, is Bailey's biggest fan, and she's at most of the WWE matches. That's There is, like, a consistent phenomenal. little girl that she hugs, and people know as Bailey's biggest fan. However, there are a ton of little girls that she hugs. Wow, that's a real, that's a real thing? Cool. Yeah, there's... Yeah, Sean was telling me. He's like, oh, yeah, that's Bailey's biggest fan. Um, yeah, I think I teared up at that panel a little bit. What are bit. they going to do when she gets too old? Um, there's a problem with Bailey right now, which is basically the writers don't know what to write for her because it's a bunch of old men writing stuff, which sucks. But they're just sort of like, how do we take a really positive girl who hugs people and make her dramatic and competitive and stuff? and Give her a dark side. Yeah, I don't, she doesn't want, like, her whole thing she is better not. not a dark side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to get some women writing. Yeah, got some women wrestling. They absolutely should. They've got a like Dennis Hopeless. He wrote like Spider Woman. He's he's, I think he's a pretty good writer in terms of like being. Yeah, they should have a woman writing it. But I I do think in terms of like the men who write female characters, I do think he's he's pretty good. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that this I did feel was pretty text heavy. Like I, Mm. it did take me a while to get through, and I know that's a frequent complaint that I have on this podcast about some comic books so i did feel like it was taking me a while to get through this but i then thought about how much i like these characters and that it really didn't bother me yeah Um, there there was a lot of text but it was all text that i engaged with pretty heavily yeah 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 me too and i like acuna's art is is good and like all i like all the characters like they look 
like the real people, but not like photocopies of them or anything. No, like. but like, but very close. And there's always just like little wrestlers that you recognize in the back. They don't even say anything. You're just like, oh, cool, it's Seth Rollins or whatever. Yeah, me, of course. Yeah, I love this. I, I, I just like last issue. I love Bailey's facial expressions, and the, and the panel. Like, I love this. The stars, everything. When the little girl rushes to hug Bailey, and Bailey's got her arms back, and just the look on her face. It's it's all so magical. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'm pumped. You guys are reading this. Uh, <laughs> I'm loving it. I mean, I don't even care about these other wrestlers. I just. I mean, Bailey, Bailey's your thing, but so I can't. I can't. Oh, but, Bailey is everybody's thing. That's hardly a thing. But anyway, the I, I give this um, I give this one an eight. I don't think I, I I liked the the subject matter of her with Sasha Banks and feuding more than the first issue, but it, it was a little cumbersome. I actually really liked the breeziness of the previous issue, and this one was more text heavy. But the art was fantastic, and, and it never felt like a chore. But I'm really stupidly busy, so like ease. Ease of fitting into my life is a thing that uh, factors in with comic books. So um, that's why I watched all of Monk because it doesn't take anything to watch that yeah. show. You know, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm on my third rewatch of Parks and Rec right now. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys give it? Eight. I thought it was very good. I'm gonna keep keep reading it. Oh God, yeah. I'll give it eight hugs. Oh yeah. I've loved, I feel so vindicated right now, you guys. <laughs> I'll uh, give it a shot, maybe another day. I don't. I don't know, Django. You gotta. You gotta watch some wrestling with us at some point. You gotta throw down on the mat. Gosh, that was a fun edited out segue into <laughs> the Mighty Thor seven hundred five by Jason Aaron, Russell Dowderman, and uh, colors by the Emendimendable. <laughs> Matt Wilson. Colors by the Abominable. sun. And the, the Wendigo, Matt Wilson. Hmm. This is it. Well, it's not quite. It's the penultimate Yeah, I it. thought this was this it. This is it. This is the penultimate it. This is it. Do you feel like it was it? Penuru it. has gone. It. It happened. Yeah, I don't... It says there's one more. There's one more, to be and concluded. then there's also an epilogue issue that's not part of the series. Wait, there's one more and an epilogue? Yeah. Oh, wow. So there's two not more. Not part of the Thor series or not part of the... It's not part of the Thor series. It's a one-shot called, like, Gates of Asgard or something like that. Her standing there at the Gates of Asgard, and they say, nah, you got to go back down there and turn back into Thor. Yeah, turn back into Jane. Um, somebody somebody give me this book in my brain. Jane, are you reading this? No, I, I've collected them all because I really want to, but it just I, I checked in on the War Thor issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe one other, but I... I would definitely say that this is one of the highest caliber comic books coming out mm-hmm. like issue to issue particularly when this artist is on it i think this is one of the like highest caliber books coming out between art and writing balance i've not kept up with this i read this issue the last issue and like maybe when man got first showed up in like 700 i think yeah maybe a little bit here certain there but but damn so uh, pretty good it's uh Jane Foster Thor is tragic, and I hate it. And I wish uh, she could be around longer. But I was... like her relationship with the gods, and trying to be a god, and trying to be a better god, and what being a god even means. I thought that was all explored really well, even amidst a stupid, huge fight of two unfathomable powers just right. punching each other. Like, are you hurting him? Or is what's happening? Like, but still, like. 
I was sitting next to Sam and reading this, and she like looked over and she was like, wow, that art is really pretty. And I was like, it is. <laughs> also, she's fighting and she's about to die because she's Thor now and she's had cancer for a long time and we didn't know who she was. And it turns out it's this old girlfriend of Thor and every time she turns into Thor, it her body rejects the chemotherapy from the cancer because the Thor entity is a super being and chemo is poison and so she's becoming and I like and I was like, isn't that a great conceit to a story? And she was like, yeah, that's very, very good. And I was like, what a good hook. And then I went back, to, I, I just, I summarized it all to her and I was just like, man, this is good. And then I went back to reading it, like almost as if I had just done the whole thing for myself. And, <laughs> and then she was simultaneously reading Ice Cream Man and she said some lyric of, she said, she said, ah, oh, Major Tom to Ground Control. And for some reason, that made rock or that that made that David Bowie song get stuck in my head while I was reading this. And then turns out, Major Tom to Ground Control is almost the exact same song as Elton John's Rocket Man. Yeah, yeah. And when I sing them in my head, it just becomes yeah. the next one. And as I was reading the whole second half of this book, Rocket Man and that David Bowie song were reading through my head. And as such. I actually did not process this as very sad. It was very, like, I don't know. It was this, like, really beautiful, I don't I don't know how to describe it. It was, like, the you know, the chorus of Rocket Man. And I don't know. There was something really beautiful about her being engulfed in flames. And uh, I guess my point is that music can have a pretty strong effect on reading a comic book. My favorite part about that segment was that we just kept looking at Jeff and letting him keep going. <laughs> Man, that's a very dangerous thing I mean, to do because I will keep going. I've read, I've read it. I read it in like my bed by myself. I didn't. I didn't have nearly as uh, transcendental an experience as you. It was, but it was very good. This page where Thor slams Mangog and there's blood. And there's one of Mangog's teeth flying away, and it's framed in the in flames. That's amazing. It's it's beautiful and brutal and horrible. This, oh, there's so many excellent splash pages Those all panels throughout this book. There were some panels for me, though, that I had trouble following. Like, Yeah, yeah, what were they? Just when they're fighting and stuff, and stuff's flying everywhere, and they're like they're in space, and there's no perspective. Like, are they standing on something? Are they flying right now? Is I I don't have a copy in front oh. of me. Oh. So I don't... Oh, God, <laughs> now I have too many copies in front of me. I just... There was one panel like that where it took me a minute to figure out that oh, Thor just like yeah, I was trying to figure poked out, like, his eye out like who hit who and was, that wasn't like throughout the whole issue like there's some and like especially on the splash pages it was not a problem at all but big cosmic fights like this can sometimes be a little hard for me to follow and I don't think there was there was a lot going on with this art with like all the backgrounds and the different colors and all the characters flying around but. That was that was my only minor complaint with this otherwise rock solid issue. Oh gosh, he's stepping on her. There was one particular panel. Um, so spoilers: the way that Thor kind of deals with Mangog is by using this old mythological chain that's been bound to hold the dog that guards Armageddon or something. Oh yeah, to hold Fenris. Yeah. Yeah, and she ties up to Mjolnir, and it. Mjolnir flies around Mangog, and then she sends Mjolnir off into the sun to encase, you know, it Mangog, and then send it to the sun. But as soon as Thor realized what she had just done, 
uh, well, uh, Odin's son. When Odin's son looks at her and mm. he yells, you killed Mjolnir, there's just this moment, like his facial expression is he's so angry and he loves Jane Foster and he's spent so much time trying to protect Jane Foster and stop her from being Thor. And then she does this and it's like one of his best friends slash loves just killed his best friend. And it was like that moment when you're a kid and you realize you accidentally just made dad angry or something. Like the 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 facial expression there is really, really incredible. Like I got scared, like, oh no, Odin's son is mad at us now. It is. You really feel his his uh anger and, and passion and worry and the way he, his dialogue is in those next few panels where it's just kind of stuttering around. It's so real. Um, cause your friend has just like not only killed me on her, his, his, but also killed herself. And Odin sense just like, what can we do? We still get you the healers. And yeah. you know, he's just desperate to still somehow save her. I could have used two or three more pages for her death. I think that like there was a lot of battle covered in this issue, and there was her. She's death. not dead yet. She's not dead. Right. Yet. She's not dead. Yet. I agree. But like, <laughs> I'm so trying not trying to put that off. No, but like to me, it feels that way as well. Like I didn't get the real sense that she's died in this issue, and a lot of people were like talking about how much they were crying online and stuff. And it, I don't know if it was the Elton John in my head or <laughs> if it just could have slowed down. For I just, a little bit at the end. I just read the last four pages, and I'm trying not to cry right now. I can see it in his eyes. See, now, if they, I cried, but if they, if the Elton John song had been your song playing in my head, I would have been crying even more. Oh, God. Well, what about the Love David Bowie song. one? He did a version of your song? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, anyway, I give this a 9.5. You know, parts I was crying. Oh, there he is. Um, when she talks about, when she's yelling at Mangog that she fights for love... It's like, oh man, that got me. Yeah, that um, gog you. That gog me, man. That gog, <laughs> gog. <me. laughs> just like Sailor Moon. I <laughs> uh, give it uh, an eight, and it would probably be a lot higher if I was actually caught up on this series. And there's I'm gonna even... give those last four pages an eight. Roman dropped the Mjolnir <laughs> hammer. I can feel it. And there's even this great enough room in here. There's great stupid Odin moments when he's like, she threw him into the sun. Why didn't I think of that? Because <laughs> you're not all wise. Yeah, um, I'll get a ten. I love this. Is. God, I love this series. I boom. love this character. Boom! Ah, boom! <laughs> that's a that's a hammer hitting dirt. That's a thoom. That's a big old one and a zero dropping down into the earth. I um. want to just seriously. I think that the idea of her having cancer and then when she picks up the hammer, her body purges herself of this medical poison that should like. I think that. Is such a fantastic idea. I do too. It's because it's, it's so. I want to hear Justin talk about this too, because it's so rooted in mythology that you get these this divine force that instantly transforms you and, in the process, dispels all the all the poison in your body, even the cancer. And but as soon as she comes back to Jane Foster, the cancer's back too. And like Western science and yeah. thinking introduces poison to cure things and that's so like capitalist and so anyway i, th- I think that it's yeah it's just such a i really has jason Aaron talked about where he got that particular i just that I part of the heard anything but I, idea. I i just think it's a, a real brilliant thing so it is anyway man gog <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's it's a 
Et tu, Brute? <laughs> Boy, that put me in a state of disbelief, almost like I was in a dream. Like a uh, mm. lucid dream? I didn't read the book. I can't do better oh. than that. Well, you could, <laughs> you could act like you could do better. Man, I took so much LSD... I was sca- staring at you the listened to so sky much LCD sound system. Down... <laughs> Lucy Dreaming. Don't make me. Don't make me segue. <laughs> Did you guys read Lucy Dreaming? <laughs> I did. It's one of the first books I read. Me too. And so it's a boom boombox kaboom boom, boom. studios. Boom. The boom studios, studios comic oh. looks like not uh, for kids. Looks like it's for kids. It's not. Uh, is it not? It's pretty violent. Yeah. It's Max Bemis. That's a crazy guy. I'd let my yeah. kid read this. Yeah, I'd let my kids read this. Although, yeah, I guess all the all the gross, all the blood and guts are alien blood and guts, and they're not red, which means it could be rated PG, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a girl who doesn't know it, but when she falls asleep, she has these very vivid dreams that are probably real, and she's essentially Princess Leia, hanging out with a uh, super jerk Han Solo. And like a furry mini Mangog? Yeah, weirdo. With weird little, arms. A weird little deformed Mangog, which, yikes. <laughs> furry. With a cigar. Um, and they're having thrilling space adventures. And it's really wonderful. It's adorable. It, it, it's, it, it I liked is, it. Yeah. It was good. It was uh, like... She reads all these like sci-fi fantasy books about and that are all like gory and fun and stuff. And then like she actually lives it and she's like, oh gosh, there's people like dying and yeah. vomiting on each other and screaming about how they'll never see their families again and stuff. It's it was very fun in that regard. Yeah, I uh, I did not expect to think this book was a whole lot of fun, and I really did think it was a whole lot of fun. She meets her dad, who's not Darth Vader, honest. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it sets up like all the tropes and just like has fun with them. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. She's very, very smart, good vocabulary, but it feels very. Na- it reads very natural. It's it does. It's not like one of those fill in the blank smart girl characters. Right. Uh, do we know this artist? Yeah, I had beers with him the other day. Oh, Michael Dialinus. Dialinus, yes, because his his art looks really familiar to me, and maybe it's because it, uh, like the mouths and the facial expressions look like a cartoony version of Terry Moore, sort of. Um, mm. But I got the feeling that I had seen this art before, kind of like when I read uh, uh, Grass Kings and recognized the art from Snowblind, and it took me like three issues to really place it. Uh, the Woods, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ah, it's The Woods. Oh, I didn't even the read woods. The Woods. Okay, and this. Yep. Yeah, I read the first story arc in the woods. That's a bingo. <laughs> uh, I don't have a whole lot else to say about this. I liked it. I really liked what. Um, I really liked what you were talking about yesterday with it. You you said you oh. had some reservation about it, and it was you. Yeah, well, just the uh, the whole start where she's talking about, and it's showing her kind of like high school life and what she thinks it uh, it. Cut very close to home for uh, high school Braden, and it uh-huh. kind of soured me on the rest of the book, actually. Cause really? It, yeah, because I, I don't... Me and high school Braden, we don't really talk anymore these days, and <laughs> I try to keep him locked up. <laughs> I just keep trying to hang out with him. Yeah, no, he's he's gone, and that's that's for the best, I think. But just the weird angstiness, non-like, 
pride and nonconformity and blogginess. Uh, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was very, I get nervous around anyone who seems too much like myself and especially anyone who seems too much like my high school self. So that put me, set me up for a weird rest of the issue. When you get to be my age, you don't really remember high school anymore. I'm, I'm working on forgetting. I'm, it's getting closer and closer. This did not help, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, yeah, I, it didn't, like, I guess I recognize it as being a good issue and story, and I tried to enjoy it the most. Just didn't get you like it got me. Yeah, no. Uh, the, tab- the boom tables have turned. I'm always yeah. really, really fascinated by which boom books Django likes, or just, like, all-ages books that Django likes, because I would assume it would be none. Um, because there's like very little blood farts in them, but <laughs> it's pretty much all of them that I read. I just I'm usually turned off before I even get past the cover, so I don't read them. That's why he reads Boundless. <laughs> oh, I'm turned off right on the cover. Wait, honest. Those sticky notes are in the way. Oh my gosh! You didn't see the last Boundless cover we had on our on our Tuesday shuffle. The one with the. I the, the, think the... I've seen them all. Uh, I almost no. brought it. Tonight. How long do you think I go away? Well, you weren't here this. You missed. Last... You missed a boundless week. It's like yeah. once a month we get there's a like dozen boundless. First comics. and foremost, Django sent me a picture of them, okay, covered in sticky notes. Second, they're all down there. <laughs> Not the ones we sold. <laughs> How many did we or order? Home, we, we had a good number of. Were there anyway, some good moments yeah, on Tuesday it, where it, you guys went? Go! How did Tuesday go? It was fine. It was fine. I was disappointed because Jana wasn't there when I went for the books. Did you, did you go pick them up alone? Yeah. Jana was gone. She was gone. Some dude was there. Everything was running late. He's a great guy. Yeah. I heard Jana went to uh, Tijuana on a run to Coronado Beach. <laughs> Jana is the only person who gave me travel advice that I followed, except for Jonathan, who owns the Warhammer shop. I sought out a very small fish stand that he told me about. Oh. And I got... Uh, it was right next to the ocean. Right off... Like, ocean, road, fish shack and i got a bunch of steamed clams and i ate them in my car mm, that sounds awesome i give the clams a 10 what do you guys give this book i give this book uh i'm gonna give it a seven and a half i would probably give it a nine and a half if i was the target market for it Who's i'm gonna the target have market justin for give this book a six and a half i think that he likes a lot of the social stuff around it, but I think that he feels a little bit played out on the dream concept. I also think that Justin gave uh, Thor 705 an 8.5. He doesn't love the cancer stuff, but he respects the artistry involved. Justin who? Mm-hmm. I forget he. <laughs> what, do you, what do you give uh, Lucy Dreaming? I'll do a 7.5 as well. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to read more, but... I like to think I would. I am. I want to see where she goes next. Like, does she stay in the sci-fi yeah. world, or is she going to go to a fantasy world, or is she going to go, like, who knows? Who knows? She could end up hanging out with... Uh, Max knows. Oh, yeah. Max Bemis. Bime. 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 Roman, did you read this? I did. Um, I'll give it uh, nine, nine terrifying saw ships. Saw ships? Yeah, that, that's those... The eat the bad call? guys, face spacecraft oh. things. What are they whispering about They're, over there? Is, it's collusion. We've got whispering going on, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Oh no! Uh oh! Bring oh, down! Bring down! Oh. 
There's yeah. books and shots everywhere. You know, I, I just I just marched in a march yesterday against that kind of thing, so I'm not going to do any buckshots. Roman, yeah, what, kind of we, what kind of shot are you going to do this week? I don't know. Are we are we talking about Batman later? We are. We'll so talk I can't about do that. Batman. We'll talk about Batman. When we talk about Batman. We're not going to talk about Ice Cream Man. We're not. Weren't you here? You were right next to me when we said what we were going to talk about. Did you participate I, in the march? Yesterday? I was thinking about wrestling. No, I was at work. I just <laughs> you. No wait, no, I, I didn't go to work. I had yesterday off. I was at home reading comic books. I participated <laughs> in the march for about. 10 seconds total on my way to work walking through the line. <laughs> <laughs> but I wish I could have worked today to tell him to come visit me at work until I remembered that. I didn't, I didn't think to grab enough comics for buckshotting, so you guys should just like toss me any extras and I'll buckshot those. Yeah. Who's read, buckshotting first? Did you read this one? I'll go first. No. All right. Yeah, you go. <laughs> well, that's all I got. That's the wrong timer. So oh, here you go. I'm going to give Shit. you a couple uh, seconds to figure that out. Shit. That's for Jeff. Go. Because of my vacation... <laughs> um, I didn't get a chance to read a ton of books, so I want to talk about James Bond: The Body Number Three by Alish Cott. Each issue has had a different uh, artist, <laughs> Rafa Labasco. This is our Cott corner, and except for whoever else joins ourselves, um, I like this art a lot. It reminded me of Edward or Eduardo Rousseau, mixed with a little bit of like Frank Miller, who's probably a big influence on Rousseau. Um, each issue of this series has been really, really different, and this is basically James Bond hanging out with. A bunch of Nazis who are in denial about their sexuality and hate women and um, he tries to buy a bunch of guns from and then he kills all of them and I really liked the art and I thought it was paced well and uh, I don't know really what to think about this series I think that this issue is actually probably my favorite um, I don't know. I'm, I think I mostly just liked Alish Cott talking about society's effect on developing personalities that he talks about in this issue. And he, hmm. I don't know. I, I Did you guys read this? I don't have a lot of books, yeah. so um, I'm just curious what you guys thought of it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I give this one an eight. Um, but I also want to talk about Nick Wilson, The Further Adventures of Nick Wilson, number three. I didn't quite finish this issue but like i said i don't have oh thank god oh thank god because well, i only you... finished half of it <laughs> what do you give that uh first half of nick wilson i don't I... know how to stop this just keep it writing <laughs> um i give it an eight also i really like the tone of this book i really love sad middle-aged guy talking to his ex-girlfriend because I feel like that guy all the time. Uh, and I wish that I could stop for thinking too. about <laughs> You work with him, too. Man, I wish that I did not view Django and I as the same age and the same status. Are you bringing same. yourself up or are you bringing me down? We're That's what I want to know. We're both 36, man. We're both 36. Um, I think this issue of James Bond was probably my favorite. I actually, I, I really liked it and I, I don't have a lot to say about it other than I just liked the characters that he painted in these um, bisexual Nazis and the weird... He, he just spends a couple pages talking about how that identity can develop. And I, I really agree with what he was saying. Um, Nick Wilson, I... Man, I just love the idea of getting to hang out with your ex-girlfriend and have them be single again. I don't know. That that maybe is what really warms my heart. So do you think that... Because uh, I just read all the issues of Nick yeah, Wilson so today. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Um, do you think that they're leading toward those two dating, or are they just going to be pals? Because I, I almost feel like I would like it better if they were just pals. I feel like, like, like I would... a small amount of sexual tension. 
yeah, I think that would be more adult and better. The nostalgic fantasy person wants them to get together, and then as soon as you started talking just a second ago, I got really scared that she's going to betray him, and she's one of the bad guys. Um, oh. But I didn't think about that while I was reading it. But I, I don't know. I th- And actually, there's a shot of them while they're young up in the tops there. I, I don't know. I just like the idea of being allowed to hang out with a past version of yourself, and that seems to be a yeah. large exploration of this series. Yeah, I, uh, I like the three issues I read. Well, I'll read another one. Oh, yeah? Would you read Books Go? Oh, shit. Kick-Ass. Number two by Mark Miller and John Romina Jr. Uh, this follows the same girl uh, who was in the first issue uh, pulling off heists from bad guys in order to get money to feed her kids. Uh, I liked it. I liked it more than the first issue. Mm-hmm. Killer Be Killed, number 17, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, and Elizabeth Brightweiser. Um, this is This series is almost just a study in pacing a comic book because he's giving us little tiny bits he's giving us very i guess with the narration he's saying here's a little bit of foreshadowing i'm going to foreshadow it now oh i didn't get to that so i guess it's a cliffhanger like it's very kind of wearing its writing outline on its sleeve and i really like it it's it's still great ice cream man number three follows uh somebody a lot like uh our buddy um, Buddy Holly. Kurt Cobain. No, Buddy Holly, <laughs> who uh, Jeff Jeff told me today uh, is his favorite favorite musician. In Weezer. Um, like a washed-up Buddy Holly if he'd never died, saving the day. And it's, it's wonderful. He rocks all the time. And then Punk's Not Dead, number two. God, this book is good. It's it it, is. the art is amazing. The story is great. It's like uh, I don't know, like Harry Potter with punk rock. Um, I I approve. Yes. I really like Punk's Not Dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, it's so cool. I'm gonna give Punk's Not Dead a nine. I'm gonna give Ice Cream Man. Uh, man, what did I give Ice Cream Man last week? Last <laughs> month? Did I give it like a ten? Check the charts. I don't know. We have to talk to some of our viewers. i got to get that Excel file. I'm going to give it X minus <laughs> 0.5. This was not as effective as the last issue, but it was really, really well done. Uh, Killer Be Killed, solid 8, and Kick-Ass. Well, shit. Killer Be Killed, solid 8.5. Kick-Ass is solid 8. I like my comics this week, boys. Man, I love hearing uh, that Punk's Not Dead is really liked by both of you yeah i mean you talked about the first issue and that's awesome i haven't read any of it so i really want to read that i really want to read kill would be killed i'm glad your kick-ass 2 was better than the first issue i was not here all week so i'm very out of touch with this week's comics and i'm very excited to be hearing these things um so excited in fact that i'm gonna name roman go no jesus uh superman number 43 by gleason and tomasi and prado and downer downer uh this is the second part of the bizarro story with the uh, soup Superboy Bizarro, whatever his name is. And it was fun, but you know, the, uh, most of the story I didn't care about. I don't remember much, too much about it now, except at the very end, there's a great scene when they're on Bizarro World, which I can't pronounce because it's Earth backwards. And Bizarro, Bizarro rips up a tree, and there's a bunch of cats in the tree because one of the things Bizarro does is throw cats into trees. <laughs> But when he rips up the tree, the cats all fall out of the tree, and they're all making dog noises as they fall out because, you know, it's Bizarro World. <laughs> and he rips up the tree. The sound effect is plant because he's not planting it. <laughs> and but, every time he lands, it's plant land soft. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I love that stuff about the Bizarro stuff. And then at the very end, 
Big spoiler, it's the Legion of Doom, except it's the Bizarro version, so Luther has long, flowing, golden locks. They're all talking about having fun. Um, Black Manta has, he wears one of those inflatable uh, uh, floaty things around his chest. <laughs> it's, I can't wait to see the rest of them. And I was also going to talk about Ice Cream Man, which I also loved. But Hickey, the rock, ex-rock and roller, washed up, goes gets kidnapped to go save the universe. And I love the fact that it's all classic rock references. There's Ruby Tuesday is one of the team. Um, uh, Rocket Man, or Major Tom is one of the team. And this taught me something. Captain Jack, I had no idea who that was, what that song was, because I'm not familiar with Billy Joel. I thought he was like an 80s artist and after. He was around in the 70s. None of that means anything to me. Yeah, this is a, one of his big songs, Captain Jack. Huh, I, listened, I, I listened to it, and I was like, oh, I've heard that. Jack Sparrow? No, <clears throat> not that Jack. And not Jack from, from Torchwood either. Spring Heel Jack? <laughs> nope, not him either. What do you give these books, Roman? These books that I you will, buckshot? I will give Ice Cream Man, I will give this, oh, jeez, an eight and a half. Would uh, the Yellow Submarine ship that they're on change that at oh, all? Oh, man. Uh, I'll just... Okay, looking through it, actually, I'll give it a nine. Because, yeah, the Yellow Submarine ship, all the music references, Eleanor Rigby's here. Oh, it's just sweet. And I realized halfway through the issue, they're fighting these these ice cream monster things that also tie into, I think, to a Bowie song. Oh, man, it was sweet. It was cool, but I didn't really get what they were fighting and if they beat it at the end or if it beat them. I think it's... Because it turned out, like... it. It turned out the thing they were fighting was Ice Cream Man? Or was it? And he was helping them? Or was he? <laughs> we'll never know. We won't. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's, that, that's the last words of the story. You know how it goes, don't you? We don't know how it goes. I don't that, know. That, that's the whole point, I think, maybe. But Yellow Submarine, yes. Superman, I'll give it a... You have to give it the uh, opposite uh, of what you would... The opposite. Um, a negative six? Is that the opposite? I don't know. <laughs> they make up their own rules as they go. Yeah. I'll give it a six. I'll give, I'll give the Bizarro Legion of Doom, or which I guess is the Legion of Fun, um, I'll give them a ten. That looked awesome. <laughs> I, I, just flipping through that issue looked really good. Um, Britton, do you, have you ever read a comic book? Go. Runaways number seven. <laughs> uh, Rainbow Row and Chris Anka and Matthew Wilson. I liked this book a lot. I've been reading this new Runaways series for a while, and the first arc just kind of wrapped up, and it was mostly getting the gang all back together, which was fun and had some cool stuff going on, especially with like Molly's grandma and stuff, but it didn't quite feel totally runaways like I wanted it to be. And it felt like it was trying to get to this moment. And now that it's here, it's really good because they're all living together in some weird house and they're all trying to figure out what they're going to do. They're all like living on their own. Molly's still got to go to school. They got to provide for everybody somehow and it's just it's the teen drama stuff that i eat up and it was a lot of fun and it's runaways and it was is good i also read spider gwen number 30 i read like the first couple issues of this arc i haven't read a ton of spider gwen but it has old gwen stacy drawn like old gwen stacy talking with current gwen stacy and venom and that was a really cool artistic move that uh this artist pulled off very well. And I thought it was just a lot of fun to see that kind of old style mixed with the new style. So like Lichtenstein. Like, yeah. So just like <clears throat> fluid, like it, they mesh together so well. And they're just Gwen Stacy talking to herself, trying to figure out all this, you know, typical Spider-Man drama bullshit that I love. 
Mm-hmm. It's a good song. I want right? to take a nap to it. Yeah. Yeah. Or have it wake you up from a nap? No. No. No, then it gets sleepy every time we did buckshots. That's true, too. Yeah, those kids, too. Those watchers. What, what do you give them? Uh, nine and an eight for Respect- Runaways and Spider Gwen, respectively. I like it. It's, uh, I gotta, I gotta find, it's Robbie Rodriguez who's drawing uh, Spider-Gwen. That was cool. I think he's done the, yeah, the whole run, yeah, actually. Yeah, I think Jason and him, yeah. Uh, Jeff, Buckshot, go. Already went. Oh, <laughs> Almost got him, too. I was that I saw first I Bucky did. boy. I did. I, I got really nervous right. again since I only read just a couple books this week. <laughs> he almost started talking about the back of his beer can. I uh, got the back and the Thanos. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Batman number 43 by Tom King and Michael Jannon. Part three and the finale of The World Loves Poison Ivy arc, or whatever it was called. Um, Everyone Loves Ivy. So this takes us through Batman and Catwoman kind of talking Poison Ivy down from being uh, the the dominator of the entire world. Um, And they did it in kind of an interesting way. So at the end of the last issue, Batman allowed himself to get brain damaged by Superman so that he could talk to Harley Quinn. You know what? Weapon H doesn't have anything on this series as far as just straight-up comic book bullshit. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, And so while he's talking to uh, Harley in the hospital, Catwoman is also talking to Ivy, and Ivy's kind of messed up because she uh, she thinks that she killed some people during the War of Jokes and Riddles. And that's where that's, I got lost. That's where I got lost, too, and I even think that he hilariously addressed that in the verbiage of the way he brought the conversation up. Um, I just, I, I kind of... Yeah, like a little bit. Whatever anyone says, the war of jokes and riddle in this comic, like it was some major but event. But how I did he mention it. He brought it up. She says that he lied, right? Well, he t- he he tells her that the Riddler lied or whatever, and she didn't kill people, or she did. I don't, I don't know. I didn't read it, and that's my fault for not <laughs> reading it. But that page was a little bit con- confusing, and I'm not sure if Batman and Catwoman are lying to her now. What page are you on? Oh, it's near the end. After okay, the giant okay. Bendis is coming, smug yeah. Superman face. Um, but it worked. And uh, I don't know. I this, this was not the strongest issue, but not the strongest issue of this series is still pretty engaging for yeah. me. I like the last two a lot more. The, the War of Jokes and Real Stuff lost me because I... Didn't read it, but also that's because I didn't care about it. Um, but he's really tying it in here. There was that awesome page where he had 16 seconds to do a thing, and they broke it down to 16 panels on a single page, each panel representing one second. And I think that was a really At first, I was like, wow, why are we doing a 16-panel grid instead of a 9? And I was like, oh, right, he had 16 seconds. Yeah. And that I think that was a really cool touch, like and using he- the industry, like using the medium to I- emphasize the storytelling. And then he uh, grabs Harley and jumps out of the, what, seventh story of the hospital. And that, so I really like the, that panel because it's just shot after shot of Batman and Harley falling out of the window. And Batman is not doing it gracefully. Uh, but you totally believe that he's not going to drop her and he's probably just going to hurt himself some more while he's doing it. I thought, I thought that was really cool. Um... I don't know. For this issue, 
I give it a s seven, six and a half or a seven. Um, weakest one in a while, but still very, very good at what it's doing. I give it a seven and a half. I didn't like as much as the last two, but I, I did really like. I, I like Harley and Ivy. Mm -hmm. I think they're great, and they were some of the best episodes of like the animated series and stuff. And I like that they had this huge, seemingly insurmountable threat resolved without a fist fight, which was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Roman, Jeff, you guys. Doesn't he bring it up like I almost don't want to mention what a failure the jokes War of Jokes and Riddle was? I think that that's how he brings it up in this issue. Like I think that. He verbalizes. Yeah, he like, did say when something he mentions like that, that. He brings up what a failure it was, and I do think that that the readership for the series went down drastically during that. It was like and fifteen I, issues of boring. And I can't help but think that it was a meta statement from Tom King, Tom King, talking about what a failure that story was. But ultimately, it feeds into this larger thing that he's doing, <laughs> and he reminded the readers that, like, hey, I know that didn't work very well, and I just flipped through the whole issue and I couldn't find the panel in which he addresses it. It was on page one, guys. It was on page one, but uh, <laughs> but the thing is, Pam, and we both should have learned this in the war of jokes and riddle, riddles. Some wars just shouldn't be fought, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I think I think that was you saying that you should have done this differently. Mm. Um, so I give that statement. Um, <laughs> I give it an eight. I think that this was pretty good. I love Mikhail Janin when he does those double page spreads of people moving through a scene, just like you were talking about, when them jumping out of the window, or when Poison Ivy and Catwoman are walking through the forest. And he did that one in the Bane one, right? He did of it him scaling the building. Times. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's a really cool, unique to comic booking thing. And, and even though it wasn't my favorite story that's been a part of this, I do totally believe it's a part of a, a bigger thing. And I, I give it an eight. Um, a very very good book. Are you excited for the wedding? I'm incredibly excited for this part. You to see be that done. dress? I saw that dress. Joelle Jones designed it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't see the dress. Oh, Roman, I'm going to show you that dress. You're going to say yes to it. You're going to say, that's an apron <laughs> with a back on it. <laughs> Monster. Oh, I'll have to look it up, yeah. Um, this issue really worked for me. I'll, I'll, give it a, um, I'll give it a nine. Everything in this pretty much. I loved the... The three super characters are being controlled by Ivy because I love New Superman. I love the way they're portrayed. Like, there's a great panel when they zoom in front of the Batmobile. Superman's there first with a boom landing. Supergirl's right on his heels. New Superman's catching up, and that's the way it should be. Um, I love that commentary in the front. I love the whole thing with Harley and Batman. I really, really love Batman's plan to get Harley talking to Ivy to trick Ivy into what is that? To to release Heart. Harley briefly, so Harley can talk to her, and I love the conversation between the two of them, because it's just, Harley reaches her like Batman knew she would, and Ivy kind of kind of breaks down a little bit and reveals some stuff about her personality and her trauma. I love that page that was confusing at first, but the inno innovative storytelling there the artist did with, it took me a second to realize, oh, you go down to the bottom of the page, and that's where the action's starting, because he's telling a memory. So it goes backwards. Mm. Visually, it goes backwards, but the but the um, captions are in normal time, in normal sequence. Ah, it's mm. like a circle. Yeah. That guy in his fucking captions. It's not a fart joke, but uh, I'm really glad that we found out that Batman has a machine that puts his pants on his in his car. Oh. Yeah, we find that out. <laughs> that's, that's like the next best thing to a fart joke. <laughs> Nothing is better than a fart joke. What, what kind of number you got, Roman? I give it a nine. Yeah, I give All it a right. nine. Was she listening? Nine. No. 
He was thinking of the fart. I don't listen to this podcast. I I was waiting for my fart joke. Oh, you guys. We've journeyed together. We've ventured across the globe together, separately and reconvened here to talk about what I would consider in the way that you guys talked about big, dumb comic book fun with Weapon (laughs) H. Um, Thanos 17 by Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw. Uh, This is, to me, like, this is like a when I was a kid, what a comic book was. Like, mm-hmm. big characters doing things that I could not have predicted in an almost dumb sort of way. Django, what would you think of this book? I thought that that cover was awesome, and I did not read the comic book. I haven't read a single full issue of Thanos since ever. Oh. Uh, Mark Duff stopped me on the street corner earlier today, and he said, man, that Thanos Thanos today was pretty good, buddy. And I said, uh, I believe you, Mark. I've never read an issue of Thanos. Thanos. <laughs> Thanos? Thanos. I thought that was Thanos. supposed to rhyme with anus. It's Thanos. Thanos, like the city in New Orleans. Uh, no, like Tannis, the, Lost Ark. the exactly. city in World of Warcraft. So you're not All right. So this. what do you give it? <laughs> I give this um, an 8.5. The only thing that was a problem to me... What do you think? No, don't what your problem is. I want to see... Well, I was not a real problem, but there is a full-page spread where... uh, Bendis is coming. (laughs) That. Silver (laughs) Surfer dies, (laughs) and I don't like whatever is happening with his mouth there. Because you can't tell what's happening. It looks like he's... Getting the hammer dropped on his head, but then you see his face. No, 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 sorry. No, this no, no, no. Panel oh, this here, one. Where this, he's getting skewered through the stomach, yeah. and I almost feel like the colorist or the inker incorrectly interpreted the page, and like his mouth is supposed to go down or open up. I don't know. It's a very strange page. Anyway, that like that's just a small art complaint. But yeah. the thing is, is it's not the art that is awesome to me, and it's not the characters. It's just that, like, this is a buck wild story, and it just takes these insane turns. Um, this that page you're talking about, I can see about. that. Because, like, it shows the hammer going down into his head, and then, like, but it still shows his face, and then it gets. Uh, do you think. Uh, that, was the only part, that was the only part that, like, tripped me up. Do you think Marvel asks him to make it a little more vague so that it's not. You like think? super I mean, grisly. I guess this is a, That's what I thought when I read it. This is T it plus. Was, it yeah. would be tough to see brains. See, I was, no, this is parental advisory. Yeah. Actually, see, I was confused by that too. But then I th- looked back and I thought that the hammer had already fallen. And since what's his name, Thanos can't old Thanos can't pick up the hammer. He just slams the surfer's head into it. Oh, into the hammer, not the handle, but the hammer. Yeah, because he, he ain't worthy. Yeah, he can't pick it up. That's what I decided. Did to he happen. slam? Black Silver Surfer's head into the handle of the hammer. Not the handle, the the, the actual. It, or no, was it? Did he? Is that? It looks like his, his head's head going, going right through the oh, handle. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, like I just need an, an expert on Gorda. Oh, that could be. Lay it out for me. Yeah, that's what he's doing. See, so he's got uh, his head there. I'm your Gore boy. Yeah. Okay. Gordo. Okay, Gordo. I get it now. I like it. It's good. It wasn't a problem. The, it was a problem. It's the not a problem Baron of Gore. Well, I mean, you know, it it was. The art is is totally serviceable in this book, but it it isn't. Uh, there's there's still times where it trips me up. It's phenomenal when it's showing like Silver Surfer becoming worthy, or like these big shots of like Galactus and stuff. And the shot of like a tortured Bruce Banner perpetually as Hulk being finally allowed to unHulk and begging to be murdered. Like whoa! 
It's heavy. It's awesome. I, Django, that doesn't tickle you in any way? I'm curious about this book, um, mostly looking at these pages. So this seems to have solved my problem with the cosmic bullshit. Because there's things getting punched here. They're punching each other. And, like, you kind of know the power set. And you know, like, yeah. Yeah, there's there's this kind of relatable violence in here instead of these crazy, powerful beings. Like, like you were talking about in uh, Thor. Mm-hmm. Where you don't really know who's getting hurt and who's, like, what's going on here. Um, and in this one, you... You take Silver Surfer's face and you run it through Mjolnir's handle, and uh, you know it solves the question of whether Mjolnir can handle the uh, center of the sun when it drags Mangog into it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We get a whole different Mjolnir story in this, so yeah. Mjolnir is not dead. It's a mm-hmm. murderer. Mjolnirer. Mjolnir. Roman, what do you think? What are you thinking about this thing? I loved it, though I'd love it even more if, if Dodderman had drawn it and it was it was more more detailed and hard to figure out. <laughs> um, no, I really did like it. It's just such a great cosmic series, and cool stuff happens. I was shocked that Black Surfer was killed off so quickly, along with the Hulk, but he's Banner at the time, along with Cosmic Ghost Rider. But oh yeah, Cosmic everyone's got to die, right? So Cosmic Ghost, of course, he's getting his own series, but it's probably set back yeah. in the last couple thousand years after before this book i really like <laughs> the idea that he had killed cosmic ghost writer in this issue yeah i like the Split idea that half. there's like these yeah. you know three characters left alive and then it's like all right time to clean up <laughs> yeah and they're gonna kill them all apparently according to the text Thanos in the wins. beginning yeah mm. Mm. yeah i think it, yeah he actually does enough in here that death is impressed yeah and then the final page is death showing up and I don't really know what to think about that. Yeah. Is Donny Cates done after this next issue? Done, yeah, the, the next issue is the final Thanos. And then a new the, oh. then the series is Cosmic over. Ghost Rider and whatever other stuff he does at Marvel. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow, so we're going to have Batman, Catwoman, and, and Thanos and Death. It's going to be a nice top-off right before that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Although Thanos is not going to be as awesome in that movie as he is in this issue. Probably not. It no. seems weird to just have all of these awesome issues and then have just random issue five out of six be an old Thor issue cover homage. Is it? It's it's uh, Hulk, it's Hulk, isn't it? Hulk. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, Sorry, I'm yeah sorry. it's a Hulk. Yeah, we just got the issue in yesterday. Yeah. Oh. We bought it from a guy yesterday. But yeah. Uh, sorry. It's a Stranko? Hulk, not Thor. But, yeah, Stranko cover? Uh, I don't know yeah, whose it sure. is, but yeah, it's just Hulk holding up those words and it, yeah. or holding up the, the glove. And it, yeah, it's bizarre that, I don't know. Cover homages are a weird thing to me. It feels like it should be a variant cover. They're happening a lot now. Yeah, Yeah, and they've done this cover homage a lot over the years. My brain just shut down, boys. 8.5. 8.5. 8.5. Didn't read it. We have (laughs) an important correspondence to get to. Sure we do. Bill? Bill. I can pronounce Bill. How long do you think he's going to be in the county, county pickle? Probably longer than we'd like. We've got to get that guy back here. I, uh... Nobody pees as often as that guy. They're not going to let him pee as often as he needs to. Oh, no, fuck. I forgot what happens to our water bill when he's around. He could, <laughs> yeah. I think I pee too much. I think he drinks too much water. Yeah. Yeah. Which means I think you're too healthy, Justin. Yeah. Uh, stop being so healthy. You cute, uh, healthy boy. I'm going to feed him uh, pecan pie until mm. he 
pops. Oh, mm. I love pecan and desiccants. Pecan pie and desiccants. Oh. I don't even know what that means. Uh, it uh, sucks the water out of things. Oh. Oh, oh, like, like little, those desiccation. Little, yeah, yeah. Those little white packets with the little cr- yeah, crystals if, in it. If yeah. we feed him some desiccant and then let him drink as much water as he wants, turn that. You boy want to pee as much? To a desert. <laughs> Listen, you and your your desert bladder, Bill. I have to pee really bad too. So, as we get out of here, let's uh, let's end on a haiku. So okay. uh, let's oh. get some. Yeah. I need to write a haiku real quick. Give me a haiku real, real fast, right, um, You got uh, do it, this do it on your side around, yeah. and then I'm going to do our guest haiku, and then we'll end on your haiku. Okay, I'm ready. Cool. All right, well, I'm Jeff Figley, and I'm super happy to be back, and I'm super happy to get a big boy pee in. I'm Brayden, and I, I, I don't have to pee right now, but I imagine I will later in the night, and I am very excited to do it. I'm, I'm Roman. I'm sure sometime in the next 12 hours I'll pee. I'm Django. Is it 577? Seven? Yep. Five seven P P P P P P. Right. I'll do Pack. our guest J haiku, and then you'll close out on yours. Okay. Thor seven oh five J Christensen. God, we love you. That's not part of it. This is part of it. Thor seven oh five. Time to say goodbye. To die is to die for love, while everything burns. Django. Time to say goodbye. <laughs> Everything shit. <laughs> Fucking A. Damn Next it. week. Fuck. Uh. All right, whatever. You're a, we're a joke, Django. Burn it all down. Yeah, burn Brilliant. It down. For love.